You are listening to a podcast from Influence Church. We hope it encourages and empowers you to make a difference in your world for the kingdom of God. For any more information, visit our website, influencechurch.co.uk. Enjoy the message. Some of you are here out of ransom because your presents are being held against your will. And they're like, once you go to church, then you can have your guests. I won't ask for a show of hands, but there's some kind of nod, some looks around the room, some elbows in the side of, yeah, that's the only reason I'm here this morning. But there are loads of us in the room this morning that are here for celebration. Loads of us who are here this morning because we understand that, that something that is greater than every one of the traditions and the decorations and everything else is the fact that Christmas is worth celebrating. That it's far more than just a tradition because it's worthy of our praise. And that's why we call this our Christmas praise service because we know that the God who loved us enough to be able to send his son into the brokenness of our world is worthy of our praise is worthy of our worship, is worthy of just more than, more than just the traditions and the readings and, and the carols and everything else, but he's worthy of our worship. And so that's why we gather this morning. Let me frame this for you in Luke chapter 2 from verse 10. This is when the angel is appearing to the shepherds. It says, the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will be for all people. Good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, A Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you that you'll find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. You know, this scripture is more than 2,000 years old, and yet it's still good news for us today. It still causes great joy for all people today that the Savior was sent for us, that God left the beauty of heaven to enter the brokenness of our world to make a way for us. And that's why we're celebrating today. That is the, the heart of all of our traditions, the thing that's greater than every one of the kind of things that we attach to Christmas. And the longer you're around, the more times you see things getting attached to Christmas. Like, we didn't used to do that. That didn't used to be one of the traditions that we did. And, and, and there seems to be more and more things tacked on and, and added on to our, the different traditions, the different routines that we should have at Christmas. But the truth that is greater than all of those things is what we're here to celebrate today. We're here to celebrate the Savior that was sent to the world for us. Now, because it's Christmas Day, it's a little bit of a shorter service. We haven't got time for a whole nativity for you today. And parents are very thankful for that, that there's one last thing that they don't need to be doing on Christmas Day, like rehearsing lines and have you got the right costumes and, and whatever else. And so we've not got a whole nativity. You saw some of our wonderful kids uh, before in the, in the video. But I did want to be kind to you this morning. I want to be kind because uh, there's, a, there's a video that's been going around that those of you will have, will have seen before. And I think you'll enjoy it again. If you haven't seen it, then this is my Christmas gift to you. So when it comes to a nativity, this was my favorite nativity video of 2023. Here we go. Awesome. I'm going to be a door holder. Get in there. Let's go. Yes. 
Who's been a parent like this at a, at a Christmas nativity where the kid comes home, you're like, you've got what part? And you're like, oh, it's one of those wonderfully pointless parts in the nativity that you've never heard of before because there's kind of this hierarchy of nativity parts. And the bigger the classroom is, the, the lower down the scale you get in the parts. And, uh, and a few years ago, uh, we were attending the nativity plays for our boys. Nobody seems to ask them, you know, 19 and 16, nobody asks them to be in nativity plays these days. And Good, handsome lads, you know, they, they, they do well for your Christmas production. But when they were younger, I remember at one point, Asher was in primary school, Noah was in nursery. And we're like, okay, two Christmas productions to go to this year. Two, two, two nativity plays to fit into the busy schedule of everything else that's going on. Two, two potentially proud parents of two boys in different roles in nativity plays. Like, what are they going to get this year? How significant is the role going to be? And, and, you know, as pastors... Two, two potential opportunities for the gospel to be preached to the masses. You know, you've got a nursery crowd, you've got a primary school crowd, like you've got two young boys ready to be able to be the light of the world and, and represent Jesus to their generation. And, and that year we had two boys that was, one was villager number six. I was Asher, and Noah had the part of a non-speaking rabbit in the Christmas nativity play. A non-speaking... Take that doll holder number three. Absolute beast. Villager number six, and non-speaking rabbit number four, let's say. And uh, never have we been proud of those boys. They've never, they've never surpassed our, in their achievements. But, but here's the thing. This, this kid on the, on the screen kind of, I think, somehow captures the theme that we've been talking about right throughout our Christmas services. Whether you've been with us on a Sunday or to our stay and play events or, or here in Christmas Day, our theme that was run through everything that we've done this Christmas as a church is that God made a way, a way in a manger. That what we're celebrating today is not just the traditions and the routines and the carols and the songs and, and everything else, but we're celebrating the fact that the world needed a way to be made. The world needed something, a change to happen. The world we live in still needs good news. The world that we live in still needs a source of great joy. The world that we live in still needs peace on earth. And the message of Christmas is that God made a way for everyone. Whether it was kings, whether it was shepherds, whether it was villager number six or door holder number three, God was making a way for all people. This is good news of great joy that will be for all people. And I love that we can get excited about the part that we play in God's kingdom plan. I love the enthusiasm of that lad who, who, who gets it, that I'm not in the background, I'm part of the story. I'm part of what God is doing. And no matter how you feel about yourself, no matter where you see yourself in the hierarchy of nativity productions or in the hierarchy of life, there is a part for you to play in God's kingdom plan. That not one person is excluded, that not one person is uninvited, that this is for all people. Matthew chapter 1 is where we read Matthew's account of the nativity story. We're going to read a couple of those verses from verse 18. It says, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to, to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, 
and you are to give him the name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. I love the line in in the middle of, of this passage that says, all of this took place. It starts to help us understand that this is not just about what was happening. Because many of the productions and many of the activities and the traditions and the celebrations and the, the presentations that we have, whether on stage or on screen, a lot of the presentations that we, we see and we experience at Christmas are about what happened. And it's good for us to understand, it's good for that story to always be told, that it should become this timeless story that we never forget what happened at the original Christmas. But what's greater than what happened is why it was happening. Why did this need to happen? Why a baby in a manger? Why did God need to make a way for all of mankind? And so we see in the scripture that it's not just about what happened, but helping us get a deeper understanding of why it happened. All of this took place, verse 23 says, to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, that a virgin will give birth, a virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. See, all of this took place because God had a plan. All of this took place because God wanted to make a way, not just for some, but a way for all. And when we read here in Matthew's gospel, Matthew has just got done with helping us to understand something of the history and the heritage. See, we started the verse 18, but the first 17 verses of Matthew are what are known as the genealogy of Christ. Now, it, it, it makes for interesting reading when you understand the history and the heritage and the context, but it makes for a really boring Christmas Day sermon to read the first 17 verses of Matthew that is a long list of names, 42 generations from Genesis to Nazareth. But yet when we, when we understand the context of that, what it speaks to is the fact that God is faithful in all generations. That he's faithful in every season, he's faithful in every circumstance, right through the generations. It's his covenant promise to mankind through from Abraham through David all the way up to the birth of Jesus in the New Testament. And so Matthew has just got done in, in, in chapter 1, helping us to understand something of the history that there are generations and generations and generations that are lined up in the promises of God, lined up in the plans of God that lead us to this part where Jesus is born. So it helps us to understand this is for all people. And yet so often in our world, so often in our society, we, we get focused on the individual, or, or we focus ourselves on, on, on just us and about how we don't feel like we fit in. Or I feel like I'm the one on the outside and I don't know what I need to do to be able to make it, to be able to line up to the way that everybody else seems to have their life together. And I don't know how to be able to fit into that crowd or, or how do I make it or how do I fake it to I make it because I don't think I'll ever fit in, but I just want to feel like I belong to people. And we see that a little bit even in Joseph's response Joseph's response to the angel of, okay, this isn't how I thought this was going to play out. Who knows that when, you, when you've got a, a girlfriend and she becomes your fiance and you've got all these discussions and these plans of what's our life going to be like together and we dream about different ideas and we could do this and we could have this many kids. Never once do we go, maybe we'll have the son of God. Maybe there'll be this immaculate conception and everybody else will, will be bewildered and willed. Nobody's considered that as one of the things we might do in our future. And so Joseph is a good man. He says he's faithful to, to the law. 
And it says he's trying to be kind to Mary. It says he had in mind to divorce her quietly. He didn't want her to experience the public disgrace that would probably go along with a pregnancy that was outside of marriage. And so Joseph's trying to do the right thing. And in verse 19 says he had in mind to divorce her quietly. See, what was happening right in front of him was nothing like what Joseph had in mind. This isn't how he expected the plan to to play out. This isn't what he thought that the early stages of marriage would look like together. It wasn't how he expected things were going to happen because Joseph's world had suddenly been turned upside down. And you know, we all get to those moments sometimes where it feels like this is nowhere near what I expected things to look like. This thing that I'm going through right now, this circumstance that I'm facing, this is nowhere near how I planned it was going to be. This is not a way that I thought that relationship was going to pan out. This is not the way I thought that that career path was going to pan out. And we all get to those points in the, the seasons and circumstances of life where we say, this isn't what I had in mind. And I don't know how I can get out of where I am now, or I don't feel like I'm the same as everybody else. Or I don't know if I've got what it takes to be able to make it in this world that seems to, to, to have it all panned out for me. And I don't know how to find the things, how to find the answers for the things that I'm looking for. But, but just like Joseph, just like Joseph, if we, if we can be willing to say, okay, that's what I had in mind, but maybe God has a bigger plan. Maybe what my, what my ideas are, what my thoughts are, are not half as good as what God's plans might be for me. See, Joseph had in mind, but God had something greater planned. Because in the middle of, when, when Joseph came to the end of his own plans, enter the purposes of God. And that's a brilliant, for us, a brilliant place for us to get to, where so often we're controlled and we're, we're by the, the things that we have thought that we're going to do and the things that we have planned. But if God's ways are higher than our ways and God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts, that I don't want to live for my plans, I want to know the purposes of God. And Joseph, himself got, Joseph got himself to this point where, where his plans had come to an end. And verse 21 says, She will give birth to a son, and you are to give, you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. You see, no longer was this just about what had happened with the history and the genealogy. No longer was this just about what was happening right now, but this was about the greater why. Why was all of this taking place? Because Jesus would come to save the world. See, he who came to bring peace in the midst of our chaos... Jesus, who came to bring wholeness in the midst of brokenness. Jesus, who came to bring security in, to all those who were in anxiety. Jesus, who came to bring light to every bit of darkness. And to all those who would choose to put their trust in him, he is the hope, the Bible says, of all humanity to anyone who trusts in him. Because verse 23 said, they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And that's so important because you've heard that word before and you've heard that description so many times before. Emmanuel, God with us. And yet somehow, sometimes, we remove ourselves from the us. We say, well, I'm excluded from that because God is with those people who are worthy. God is with those people who are, who are the elite God is with those people who are the chosen. God is, is with those people who've got everything together. But he's not just Emmanuel for some. He's Emmanuel for everyone. God with us. 
that nobody is excluded from that invitation of knowing that the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one who came to bring peace to the world in chaos, the one who came to bring wholeness to a world that was broken. Nobody's excluded from knowing Emmanuel, God with us. And that's so important for us today, this Christmas, to remember that he's Emmanuel for everyone. So no matter how hard your last season has been, you can call out to him because he's with you. No matter how distant you might feel from God this Christmas, the great promise of Scripture is that it's not based on us, it's based on Him. That even when we are faithless, God is faithful. So it doesn't matter how distant you are today, you're never too far to be able to call on the name of Jesus. That however unworthy you might think you are today, if God wouldn't be interested in me, you don't know what I've done, you don't know what, how my life has panned out, and maybe I don't know that. But I know that no matter how you feel, God came to make a way for you. And that's why we worship at Christmas. That's why we worship, because God is so worthy of our praise. Because he loved us enough to step down into the midst of our brokenness. And he's still willing to step down into whatever it is that's going on in your life. So that you can know the peace that only he can bring. The wholeness to which there are no limits, Isaiah said. And the hope that is only found in Jesus. That's why we're celebrating this Christmas. And you know, when it comes to our, um, our friend door holder number three, who's one of my favorite things about Christmas. And you could go on and preach door holder number three. Better to be a, a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than it is. You could, you, could, you could take that all sorts of ways. But I think God is still looking for doorkeepers. That God is still looking for everyday, ordinary people who will be enthusiastic enough to play their part in his kingdom plan. To not say, I'll only do it if I get the platform. I'll only do it if I get this much attention. I'll only do it if I get this many followers. I'll only do it if God is still looking for everyday, ordinary people who will play their part to the best of their ability. For people who will worship in the great times and the hard times. For people who will show up to church on Christmas Day and every other day as well. People who will say, God isn't just a tradition. He's not just an annual celebration but he's who I place my trust in every single day. So why don't we stand this morning and let's just take a moment to reflect for 20 seconds just before we sing our final carol, just to say, God, I want to thank you this morning that you made a way for me. God, I want to thank you that you made a way for me to know the peace in the midst of the chaos of my life. God, we want to thank you that you came to bring healing to those who are sick. You came to bring comfort to those who are hurting. God, you came to bring security to those who are anxious. And God, we thank you that you are the hope of all humanity. Not just hope for a Christmas day, but hope for every single season, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Influence Church. For any more information, visit our website, influencechurch.co.uk. Influence Church, empowering you to make a difference in your world for the kingdom of God.